Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The Jungle Book, directed by John Favreau and released in 2016. The plot goes something like this. A human boy Mowgli is raised by wolves, but must escape the jungle when he encounters the wrath of the tiger Shere Khan. <laughs> wrath of Khan. Yes, I um, put that in there deliberately. <laughs> Well, not initially. <laughs> no, I put there accidentally initially and then well, thought it was funny. I feel like it was one of those things where in my head I was like, those words sound good together. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Mm. Um, yeah, so this one, um, I was, you know, I didn't even notice it was coming out. I really yep. wasn't paying attention. Then suddenly it got really good reviews and I was like, yeah, we could go see that. Sure. And you know, all I'd heard was there's going to be a Benedict Cumberbatch Jungle Book movie. Yeah. And then I've heard, the other we've one. heard nothing else about it. And then we saw the trailer for this a little while ago. It's got Idris Elba in the kind of lead adult actor role of Shere Khan. Is he the lead? Well, he's like the big bad, I guess. I, I'm trying to think who would uh, have the in, most lines. Okay, so it's got to be between head, him, Bagheera, are, and Mowgli. There's the Benedict Cumberbatch movie or the Idris Elba movie. So, right. um, it, based on who's who's playing Shere Khan. But anyway, um, yeah, it's got to be between him, uh, Ben Kingsley's Bagheera, and uh, Bill Blue. Murray's Blue. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was going to be like, the, the trailer goes really dark for this movie. The trailer, I remember being like, just all of the like epic shots and really kind of moody and it had it's the uh, monkey bit. Yeah. And it had car, um, Scarlett Johansson's car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really kind of creepy. The movie's not like that really. It is kind of dark, but nowhere near as sort of moody it's, and creepy as that trailer was. It's a fairly straight, uh, jungle book adaptation, really. No. It isn't. Why not? For a number of reasons. Partly because the plot's been um, changed significantly to have one. Uh, the original Jungle Book is literally just um, the wolves are like, okay, you got to go. And Mowgli's like, I don't want to go. And then he goes through the jungle um, and runs into things and gets himself into trouble. And then at the end, he sees a pretty girl and he's like, mm, okay, and goes off and joins the man village. And that's it. That's right. the plot. Okay. So it's been some time since I watched the animated one. And the last time I saw it, last couple of times I saw it was in German. So, okay, I'll take your word on that. Of course it was. Well, my, my German teacher at high school had Das Schungelbuch in German and we'd watch it for fun sometimes. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it, it's pretty diff- significantly different, mm. especially, uh, spoilers, <laughs> especially the ending. I mean, the end of this is just the, the opposite. Mm, no, the he doesn't leave at all. And there's this moment when he's riding on the, the little baby elephant when I thought, oh, okay, he's going to say goodbye to everybody, then go off to the village. Nope, he just stuck around. Mm. He did not leave. That was not the plot of this one. It was interesting. Uh, and I, I liked the way the plot went, actually. I mean, I've also read the Rudyard Kipling book, but I bug it if I can remember. I assume that goes with him ending up back in the village. Well, it very famously had that, you know, that one song in it, the the, <laughs> the bare necessities, the blue things. Yeah. Was really fa- <laughs> that's what the book is really famous for. No. Um, yeah, well, I think he goes back to the village in the book because there's sequels where he, you know, meets a girl and all this kind of stuff. But that was a big uh, – that was like – super gross to me in the original movie where it's these children and he's just like, oh, it's a pretty girl. I'll go uh, off. and Yeah. And at least that was, you know, animated. This kid is actually like eight or nine. So it would have mm. been even creepier. Yes, it would have. Oh, I watched The Witch yesterday and there's a moment where um, like it's the, within the context of the movie, it makes sense. But out of the context of the movie, you just watch an adult woman kiss a 12 year old boy and you're Ooh. like, Ugh. or like around that age, it was just really upsetting. Um, I mean, within the context of the movie, it's it's different, but yeah, mm. suddenly reminded me of that. <laughs> but yep. yeah, the, this movie was like. I'm sorry, he's 12. I should Neil Seti. Now? Yes, he's born. Well, he wouldn't have been 12 when he made it. Then. 
Um, He'd be about 10 probably given how long it would take to get this movie through post-production. I don't know. But he does a pretty good job for a kid that age acting entirely against green screen and CG and sometimes puppets. Uh, he can't be entirely because he moves and lifts and, and that sort of thing. So right. Must but he, have been something I mean, there. There, there was something. And the same um, Jim Henson's company got credited for doing on-set puppets. So okay. some of the animals would have been puppets rather than, you know, tennis balls on a stick. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, but still, for a kid that age, yeah, he did a good job. newcomer to carry that film that well. He was good. He did really well. Um, the voice performances are all pretty solid. Um, that I mean, I think with any, this and any adaptation of The Jungle Book, the movie really comes alive once Blue comes in. Mm-hmm. There's no question that up until that point, I yeah. mean, it's, it's fine, it's nice, it's, but it's not like particularly engaging or exciting and then Blue shows up and kind of lifts procedures a lot. And the choice of Bill Murray, I think, is really good for that role. In oh, this. yeah, definitely. Because it, it really does lift everything. And you, and you recognise the voice and you go, oh, yay, my friend is here. Well, my, you know, the fun guy is here. But not just that. Um, he I, There's lines that you can tell have been uh, at least improvised. somewhat improvised mm-hmm. or, you know, rewritten at some point to be more Bill Murray-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he, de- he does work like and, – and his uh, um, his riffing off – um, Bagheera works really well. Those two are mm. really good together. Yeah. Um, that's a really nice kind of little relationship. Yeah. And it definitely it lifts the mood of the movie a lot. Um, and uh, my personal favourite scene from when I was a kid has always been the um, King Louis scene. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was a kid, I was convinced that was Louis Armstrong. It wasn't. <laughs> but I was convinced and I loved Louis Armstrong. Um, and it, he was doing a Louis <laughs> Armstrong was, yeah. impersona- impression. Mm-hmm. Like that was what they were going for with him. Yep. Um, this one, it's Christopher Walken. It's a bit more mafia-esque. Yeah. But it works so really great. well. It's really good. Uh, and you get to see Christopher Walken do the song. Mm-hmm. And it is like, yeah, it's great. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two, like that and, and Baloo are kind of what make the movie for me. You know, and you've got to have a good Shere Khan. You've got to have a good villain. Mm. Um, and Idris Elba's He's fantastic. Terrific. He's sort of that um, East End tough guy accent of his, just perfect for that role. But he also, he's got so much menace in like just little, he, he does the uh, Alan Rickman pregnant pause really well. Um, things like that oh. where he can really kind of hold attention. There's one bit that's fantastic. It's part acting and part animation where he walks up to the head of the wolves mm. and he just, he's like, he sits down in this, lays down in this happy, sunny position. Just such cat power move. Mm. Like, so just a nice little pause before he, um, kills him but <laughs> yes <laughs> among other things um yeah the movie do- is quite scary i wouldn't take little little ones no it. we saw a lot of little little ones like a baby <laughs> yeah and <laughs> the a baby, baby had a like preschool aged uh, older sibling and i yeah that probably would have been a bit scary although he didn't seem to make any noise or anything didn't no. hear any but i think there's a few sort of jump moments like where the tiger jumps out a couple of times and i i mean he just threw that wolf off the cliff man he yeah, just like grabbed a killer like the leader of the wolves by the neck and just throws him off a and cliff. shere khan's death as well falling off the tree into the flames and stuff is pretty yeah awful. but if you've seen lion king or anything i mean yeah. that's that's the and there's um, no, scar no death there was a lot blood. this i think this interpretation of the story took quite a lot from lion king i was noticing a lot yes, of lion king yes. in this one. Oh, i'm glad it wasn't just me part of me sort of wonders if Every movie since The Lion King can't help but be influenced by it, but it, I felt that way definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, I felt uh, like they were kind of. It's it's not so much that I, I think they were kind of borrowing from Lion King for some of the 
um, more dramatic beats mm. to make them work because there isn't. I mean, the original Jungle Book is is almost totally free of narrative tension, right? Like there's there's we have to save Mowgli from Shere Khan, which is the well, story and we have as to well. Save Mowgli from the snake as well. That's a key moment of no, but that's not a. I mean, that's a. There are little minor moments like that. Oh, he's getting himself into trouble again. We got to save him, but there's no like the overarching plot is just not there. You know that Mowgli doesn't make decisions for himself no. really, apart from I'm going to run away and get myself in trouble. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of agency. There's not a and there's a, an overarching. He should be with his own kind uh, narrative as well. Yeah, there's that in the original, and he's kind of fighting against it, but it's resolved in like two seconds when he sees a girl. Mm-hmm. And there's no, it, it, which you don't I feel think much. That is one of the key strengths of this one. It made me actually think about um, adopted and and you know, birth family kind mm. of thing. And I thought it was really well handled because that message of people should always be with their own kind is very obviously very anti-adoption. Mm. And then, but then it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't shy away from the complexity of adoption to recognize that he is different from the people he lives with, and that's and and part of the journey is for them and him to learn that that is okay and to celebrate that difference, mm. and that's part and that's how the story is resolved. I actually thought that as an as a story, particularly when you think about it in terms of adoption, is actually quite quite a nice story. I kind of think it's interesting as well that that they kind of end up with this like jungle outcasts group. That like Bagheera, Baloo, and Mowgli are not part of the pack necessarily, mm. but they're still part of the community, and they're not like they kind of stand aside from the community, yeah. but are still well, a yeah, member of it. Bagheera doesn't seem to live with any other panthers. He seems to kind of hang about near the wolves, and he's very much a lone wolf, <laughs> <laughs> a lone panther. Um, but but Baloo as well. Baloo lives entirely on his own. There's no other bears around. Yeah, he's um, a sloth bear apparently. <laughs> Huh? This is sloth bear. <laughs> they don't, yeah, there's they this don't whole bit about hibernation. The jungle. <laughs> and there's, where he's like trying to com- he's convincing Mowgli he hibernates so Mowgli has to help him. Mowgli's like, I'm helping him with hibernation. And B- uh, Bagheera's like, you don't hibernate. <laughs> so mad. It's lovely. Um, then I take some long naps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I relate to Baloo very strongly. Yeah, Baloo is, I mean, he's lovely. He just, it, he just works. It just, mm, it's, yeah. And, definitely. and, uh, I was a little bit dis- disappointed that he didn't dress up in coconut shells and a grass skirt to act like a monkey, but yeah, you know they still they they managed but that pretty well. Yeah, still I think that good. was still pretty well done. Where he was, you know, creating a diversion kind of thing. Did a yeah, they job. kind of. I one lo- one of the things I did like about it was they they go a little bit more realistic, right? But mm. they don't go into like full realism, and you can't really with this story. No. But I like that they didn't try too hard with that. They were still keeping it kind of light and child relatable, and they had a lot of jokes in there that kids would appreciate. Some like mm. you know um, falling over humor, <laughs> yeah, physical hum- comedy, and and that sort of thing without it kind of going really too serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes the serious beats work better. Um, like when, when Mowgli finds out that Akeel is dead is much more effective because it's following some kind of more fun bits. Mm. Um, I like the actual, I like the balance of fun and threat when he was with King Louis. Um, Christopher Walken is very good in this and he kind of, mm. he does this kind of balance of being kind of charming and fun, but also you also, you, you know that it's threatening the whole time. But, well, there's a couple of good moments of 
what I think probably kid appropriate suspense, which is that and the um the bit before he meets Carr, the mm. boa constrictor, you can feel that it's scary and you can feel that you've got to be wary, but it also kind of it's not so scary that kids are going to be jumping out of their skin kind of thing. I thought the car bit was really cool. Mm. I really liked that. The the um that was the bit where really the moodiness and that came in. It was very foggy and, you, and cause dense. You, you really feel the mood change as well. Mm. You he suddenly he just run and run 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 and you and you feel when he does, you realize that you've gone further into the jungle than you meant to. Mm. That was I think very effective. And yeah. then the monkeys, I think that no, I don't know if they're monkeys. The little animals that um chick trick him out of the mm. fruit and all that kind of stuff. Very, very well done. Yeah, I like the different kind of, all the way that the jungle fits together and that sort of thing. They mm. kind of, and there's another thing that this movie does that's, uh, I think you could show this movie to kids as like a, or older kids, as like how to tell a story, how to set up something in a story and then have it pay off later mm. without making it overly obviously obvious that you're setting it up. The lore of the um, jungle and stuff. The lore, there's the lore of the jungle. There's Baloo doesn't climb. There's uh, mm. all the, tr- the learning fla- about the trees. Learning about the, the trees, vines. all the fire stuff, like all of that mm. stuff kind of, they, they set everything up and when they set things up, they pay off. Mm-hmm. I feel like people like Colin Trevorrow could also learn from this from a, uh, Jurassic World. I mean, obviously John Favreau is an excellent director. Like, oh, I don't think really I've is. ever seen anything of his that I didn't enjoy. This is an excellent, um, just a, the script itself is just a perfect classic kind of screenplay. You know, we we start off in this world. We get everyone established. We have the complication. He, um, the the old mentor is out of the way. He has to find his own way. He makes a mess and needs to be rescued. Like it's very classic um progression, yeah, of the story. And um, I think especially if you put this up next to the original nineteen sixty seven movie, mm. um, it would be a really interesting kind of comparison in how to write film. Because uh, this one does have all of the necessary kind of steps mm. in in writing, whereas the original just doesn't have any of that. It, it, there's not uh, a cohesive kind of narrative it, tying and it, it together. I, it doesn't invent too much. It actually kind of draws out like it, it, it's its main, its big um, tent poles are the same the same major events mm. as the earlier film and as as the novel and all that stuff. And it, it just draws them out in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And it works much better. And I think whoever kind of did the screenwriting camp on this and, mm. and put it all together did a really good job of making sure that everything kind of fit into a narrative framework that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Although I did miss the elephants a little bit. I think the the use of the elephants without having the uh, – the elephant bit is too long in the original, the elephant marching and, mm. the, you know, how – I don't know if you remember, but they do the ranks and the, yeah, the little no, no, one I, trying to fall in line and I stuff. I remember, but I actually thought the elephants were quite effectively done in this one. I know you. They are. They're yeah. just. It's not like I, I just kind of missed them. And there is probably something missing there where that makes him when he hears the elephants crying out in the night. Like it, it works. The scene where he goes and and rescues the baby elephant from the crevasse or wherever he's fallen down, but um, it, there might it probably need to be something in between the first time he saw the elephants. And when he goes to rescue the elephant, or just have them actually like interact in some way before mm. that would be nice. Yeah. Um. So that you felt there was a connection between him and his little buddy there. Mm-hmm. Um. That would have been good because, yeah, Mowgli's clearly a nice kid and mm. reaches out to a lot of people and stuff. So it would have been nice to see that happen. Um. I really like the music in this, not just mm. the songs, which I already liked. 
but yeah. um, the score was really good. Uh, they used a lot of the motifs from the original, but kind of drew them mm-hmm. out a little bit. And yeah, oh, they also used a few um, classical motifs as well. Like there's just you hear a little bit of the pig in sweet, you know, the morning mood song as the sun is rising at one point. Just it was like famous bits of classical music, which I thought was well woven in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, that the songs, the way that they do the songs is really good. Yes, um, and just the little bits of little re- refrains that come back as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carr does not sing in the movie, but you get to hear ScarJo doing the the Trust in Me song over the credits. Mm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. So they get all of the actors in it to do the songs that their characters yep. are famous for. Um, the Bare Necessities is not well sung by either party. No, but I don't think that's the point. No. Uh, it's kind of joyfully done. It is. I kind of feel like it would have been nice to hear it sung well before they did it that way. Mm-hmm. Um maybe in the background or something i don't know just yeah to... and but they i mean they didn't cast singers they didn't uh, in either of the roles no yeah yeah i understand that and and i i no but if they did it in the background with not them singing it i yeah no that would and be then nice. cuz we've int- it's been introduced by Baloo. they could have had it over something else with, by good mm. singers singing it and then because you don't really get a sense a, of where the notes are supposed to go yeah and it could have been useful as a like a you could have been could have played it underneath, say, the montage of Mowgli um, trying to figure out how to abseil down and get the um, and get the honey. Yes, that reminds me of um, there's a there's a point at which uh, I think it's Shere Khan says to Mowgli, "You can't go to the village; they'll make a man out of you." <laughs> I was like immediately Mulan, just like the song. Yeah, from, yeah, and I was like, "There'll be a montage and there'll be a song." <laughs> yeah, and it's also an excellent line about. Um, it was interesting in this one. Uh, uh, they always, always, it's always, he's always man cub, which is, you know, faithful to the original. But they, um, I think there's, they're definitely cognizant of the overtones about masculinity and toxic masculinity and the way men and the use of the word man instead of human. Kind of. I mean, I think, uh, this movie definitely had some issues on that front. I do like that, uh, Lupina Nyongo's character, the mother character, takes over the wolf pack. Mm-hmm. Once though Akila dies. She seems to be, other than one of the pups, the only woman in the whole pack, or the only female wolf in the pack. Yeah. Which is odd. Yeah, this this is where I was going to get into the issues because there are two female characters in this entire movie. Actually there's more because you can see their names in the credits. But mm. there are two named like major female characters in this entire movie. Um and they are the mother and the seductress roles. Yeah. Um, uh, and no the little other... friend Grey is a girl too. Is a female wolf. She's played by a, a female actor. Okay. I just looked it up as well because I was like, I, I thought Grey was a girl. Yeah, Grey's a girl. Okay. Okay, so there are three. But uh, n- none of them are, I mean, it would have been interesting to, if you're going to go gender swap, gender swap one of the other roles, like a doer role instead of the seductress slash mother. Mm-hmm. Well, the mother role yeah, is basically yeah, Madonna introduced. and a whore, yeah. Yeah. And a, and a child, which is, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was weird with the wolf pack. Like, as if a wild wolf pack would be, like, 15 dudes, one woman and her cubs. Just, yes. It seems very strange. It is very strange. It is definitely very strange. Um, also, the alpha male kind of concept apparently is untrue in terms of how wolves actually interact in the wild, but... I yeah, suppose you've got um, to do something. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know anything about wolf wild behavior. And at least he didn't kill the the Shere Khan didn't kill the mother. No. So that that would have been worse. <laughs> yeah, it was almost better actually the way he ministered with the children. Like that was that was incredibly um, 
incredibly menacing. Especially, he mm. kind of keeps his paw around the youngest kid, the well, one of the one of the cubs, and and lets him go. But there's that moment of suspense. It's just, oh yeah, this is look at him showing off his power. Mm. Yeah, no, Shere Khan was incredibly menacing. It worked really well. Um, but uh, I, I mean, it would have been nice if they're going to do it then. Make Bagheera or Baloo or something else a female character because that it is really, really uh, uh, troopy. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. To to only have Car be gender swapped, and then Car is also gender swapped for the next one. Yeah, um, other, I don't know other if Car is female in the original book, and they actually gender swapped the other way for the original movie. Yeah, I do because Car in the original movie is the same same actor I think who plays the snake in in Robin Hood as well. Sounds about right. Um, but he does the whole, uh, when he does the, the, um, cause they both do the, the, what's it called? Hypnotism. Yes. They both do the hypnotism as well. But that's in the book as well. Yes. Uh, no, but it, I don't think it's, it, there's a snake that hypnotizes Robin Hood in the original Robin Hood story. Right, right. No. <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> oh, happening. Oh, sorry. I thought you were comparing the 67, the 67 movie to the 2016 no, movie. No, sorry. Not the 67 movie to the 73 Robin Hood. Sorry. Did I? I don't, rem- I don't know if I actually introduced that. Because uh, the Robin Hood, no, I did. Because he played, I said that he played the snake in Robin Hood yeah, as well. Yeah. And, and the. I was thinking about that because that Robin Hood movie is literally drawn over Jungle Book a lot, mm. and Phil Harris plays the bear character in both of them. He plays Blue and uh, and Prince John, not Prince it's John, actually um, not. Little John. He doesn't. I just looked up the actor. He is it actually play the snake in the? But it's the same character. <laughs> there you go. Blue and Little John are also the same character. Mm. Um, and that fox is dreamy. Yes. <laughs> Where was I going with that? I don't remember. I've actually also forgotten because now I'm busy looking up Robin Hood who played the snake. Um, I don't – they they sound – they both do the thing. Yeah, no, different actors, completely different actors. Maybe the second one was doing an impression of the first one given that it was – Well, yeah, I think there's it, there's certain conventions around snakes and all that kind of stuff. But It's I not just that. They they both they're do using. the same the same hypnotism bit. Mm. Um, That's really although I, I drew over it. I think Sir Hiss, which is the one in Robin Hood, mm. uh, hypnotizes Prince John. Yes, that's right. To stop him sucking his thumb. I remember now. There you go. Uh, I really like that Robin Hood movie. <laughs> I like The Jungle Book a lot too. It was one of my favorites when I was a kid because the music is really good. Mm. It's really good music. Uh, it's yeah. the, the kind of jazzy stuff combined with the like mm-hmm. more uh, it's stereotypically Eastern. Sherman Brothers, I think, that music. It's all, right. Yeah, they they're um they did a lot of stuff in that era yeah a lot of the fa- they very um sing alongable definitely in i've got the piano book from when i was a kid of you know it's easy to play disney and and yes that the jungle book definitely features yeah in we that. were talking about how we both have that <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but uh there's probably some also a lot of stuff to unpack about racism and colonialism and yeah well, and- so, well the adoption storyline can also very easily be one about colonialism um, or, I mean, not not exactly the same stuff, but when, once um, when I was not thinking about about the adoption analogies, I was thinking about the colonial analogies. I guess so. I mean, I, Mowgli does not have the power in that situation. Also, no. I was thinking a lot about how Mowgli just figures out how to do stuff without being taught any of it, which I get what they were trying to do there, but it's silly. Well, yeah, because <laughs> feral kids don't do that. Well, you start and you start getting into you. You give too much to nature. 
not enough to nurture. Yes. There is a lot of nature versus nurture and nature winning out, even though Mowgli ends up staying with mm. the um the animals. I sort of understand what they're doing. I sort of understand that they're trying to show the way humans came to be dominant. I think it's also about cultural differences. I think there's definitely something in this movie about like uh, accepting other people's cultural differences. Yes, that yes. they were going for, where you're like, which is what I was talking about with the adoption stuff. Yeah, like that. That you know, this person is coming from a different culture to you, but we all work together in the jungle to produce something while also respecting that mm. other people have different cultures to you. Um, Bagheera, who is a, a carnivore, um, comes when there's a peace thing going on. He comes and he drinks and he doesn't, you know. He doesn't engage in any of his natural behaviors because all, all he recognizes that. that it's respectful yeah. of the, the others. Yeah, that's more specifically the stuff. pull that out with Bagheera. Because mm-hmm. um, Bagheera says, yes, I know the, the laws of the land and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. uh, I, I liked that, that. That I mean, there's a – I kind of uh, thinking was thinking about like uh, multiculturalism and and how sometimes there are people that – you think you should be afraid of and you shouldn't be afraid of mm. them because, you know, they have to respect the rules of mm. wherever you wherever you are as well as uh, living within their own culture and stuff like that. That, that kind yeah. of thing was, was really interesting. And I mm-hmm. think there were, there were some analogies that you could draw there. Um, in terms of colonialism, I, I think this movie kind of sidesteps that a lot. Well, I mean, it's, it's very hard to make a Rudyard Kipling adaptation now because – Knowing, you know, what we know about the baggage of Rudyard Kipling's work, yeah, um, coming as it did out of the English, you know, colonization of India, um, so it it largely does sidestep that. Although I think it hits on some of the things that allowed humans to colonize the territory of the animals, but it also, um, but this version particularly allows the animals to have their own sphere and their own world and their own rules and sort of argue for the keeping of keeping that separate king louis was really cool um it was really <laughs> I was cool just thinking about christopher that. walken was just that was just a great christopher walken performance but right through they, they do a little little tiny apocalypse now nod um yeah yeah where, where he rubs his hand over his head and he's introduced in the darkness and it's just his hand coming out mm-hmm. um it's just a it's only a tiny one that like if you're a proper film kind of nerd, you'll see it. But it's not a – he's not well, doing I, I, an impression like or anything. I feel Apocalypse Now is mainstream enough that lots, anyone who's ever seen Apocalypse Now will notice it. But it is now like a 40-something-year-old film. So Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like – they didn't go full Apocalypse Now. No, they no, weren't just, like just enough to kind of give you a hint. Yeah, it was just a little nod to it. But it, it was it was a really kind of – I like that they were pulling different uh, – the way they pulled different um, – influences together to make King Louis, mm. but then King Louis was kind of his own thing as well um, yeah. without – and being quite different from the original King Louis, who's almost too fun to be threatening. Yeah. Whereas this one kind of balances the fun and the threat well, much that was, better. Uh, that, which is why it's Christopher Walken is so good in that. Yeah. And he's so big. And then when he b- full, brings himself up to his full height, it's actually kind of scary. Yeah. And uh, that was actually an interesting one too, looking at all the different like monkey and ape species. Mm. Um, go, you know, going from his enormous orangutan and all the way down to the tiny little monkeys that sit on his shoulders and groom him. Yeah. It was really – I loved that bit. I thought that bit was terrific. Mm. I think basically once Baloo was introduced, the whole rest of the movie was really fun for it, me. It takes off, yeah. I, I There were certain bits where I was like, how is Mowgli – how are Mowgli's feet not getting burnt? <laughs> oh, I figured that 
I, there were bits where I was worried about his feet early on, and I figured that they've hardened up from years of living without shoes. Yeah, he's running through fire, just fire. Like that's the other thing is the fire at the end. See, it has seems to have no effect on him. Has has no effect. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't even really have an effect on Shere Khan. They can just run through fire and be fine. It's really like I. It, it's a problem of the story, I think, but. Like fire is dangerous. Yeah, and they keep talking about fire. How fire is dangerous, not. But yeah, fire is dangerous, and nobody gets burnt at all except Shere Khan. Not even a little bit. And he's uh, and he's only no smoke inhalation. No, yeah, but Shere Khan, he had his original burn from Mowgli's father, and then he got burned in the fire at the end when he was killed. And that was it. There was no, it's so no hard to have any sympathy for Shere Khan, though, because he's all like, oh, you guys know how terrible fire is. And you're like, yeah, you were trying to eat the guy. Mm. He doesn't have claws. He doesn't have teeth, as you point and out. Or fur, yeah. Yeah, he is, he's, you know, he's got fire. He's going to use it. Like, they, mm. it, it's sort of, it's a really, I don't know. That's it's kind, kind of thing of, always does my head in. Yeah, well, like, I mean, it's, it's a motive, but it's like not, it's not a cool motive. No, it's not even a cool motive for like, a still murder. Yeah, it's just like um, uh, it, it's a it's a disproportionate motive. I once uh, also five or six years ago got burnt by this one guy who I managed to kill. Yeah. So therefore, I must kill all humans because they have fire. Yeah, and like really, is he? Well, if that were the case, he'd be you know breaking into the village at night and stealing children or something. No, no, he wanted to kill that kid because his dad was the right, one who right, burned right. him. Which is, uh, it's I don't disproportionate vengeance. It's not just disproportionate vengeance. I think wanting to kill Mowgli because he is a man cub and he can make fire is a good enough motive anyway. Mm. To make that personal is a little bit silly, mm. um, and a little bit like. I also didn't like that there's one scene where he kind of menaces everybody and makes implications at the watering hole. Mm -hmm. And then the very next scene is like, I made it really clear that you were supposed to hand that kid over to me and you didn't. So I'm going to kill all of you. I didn't know that we're supposed to hand the kid over to him. Right. I didn't either. And we're adults. So I don't know how the animals are supposed to figure it out. No. Um, and that was, that was. Like, Although he is a cat, and cats just assume that you want their have their best interests at heart, and will do what they want, or else they're going to bite you. I think that's uh that's giving too much uh logic to what was going on there. I d- yeah. I just don't think it was well enough uh um implied and handled, and and then he goes, "You wouldn't listen to reason," and you're like, "You didn't do any reasoning." No, you just. You demanded. He's much more reasonable at the very end of the film where he's like, look, you, you set a fire. This is bad for everybody. Yeah. Than he is at the beginning of the film. And look, you're scaring all your friends. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that was really good. I, I like that they don't shy away from that character moment from Oakley. Mm-hmm. Um, that he did something wrong and he has to mm-hmm. deal that, with that. That he's got a, uh, actually, that's that, um, that's an interesting, I mean, I'm sure you could read that in the, the sense of looking at that in the colonial, you know, it, it, from the colonial perspective of him knowing the power that he has over the other animals. Yeah, you could look at it that way. I think also you could look at it as a um yeah, it's more a, like an individual in a lot of ways. Character uh, there's there's well. a lot of things like that where uh um it, it is really interesting because there is this implication that Mowgli's the most powerful kind of person. Mm. But in a lot of ways he's really not. He's he's they don't go into all the ways in which he is the weakest kind of person in the jungle because they keep going you can't ever have fire and you can't ever do this or that or something else because but he has nothing else to protect himself well that's again that's as he's an individual representing a broader um type 
Yes, that, but they have this whole thing about how they're going to turn him into a good wolf, and you're like, they they never sort of bring up the fact that he can't do the things. No, that, but but and Mowgli's like, I can't do those things. But that's the journey, though. The journey is him, and in and the way this film chooses to end it is him learning that he can't be a good wolf. He can be a good member of the jungle community. But is it him learning that, or everybody else learning that? It's, well, actually, it's both. Because it's kind of, I mean, it, it's both. Because he learns, like, he, but he never he he's always trying to do tricks and stuff. He's always trying to do things that he's not supposed to do. So it's true. It's everyone else accepting that he's um, his journey is more about him, um, maybe coming to realize that that's not not necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. and owning his individualism, mm. um, as part of the community, but becoming like. Realizing that what he is as himself is a good thing, mm. rather than him learning that. Yeah, I think that's more his journey. Everybody else is yeah. everybody else's journey to go. Well, hang on, we can't make him something he's not. Yes, which co- p- comes into play with all sorts of stuff that and, we and deal he, with he, now, with yeah. uh, you know, gay rights and disability rights and all sorts of different yeah. And things. He, I mean, his journey is to recognize the privilege he was born with by being a human who's able to do tricks. Yes, yeah, and and using that in a responsible way. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff to unpack here. Almost, Definitely. There's a lot of interesting t- stuff to unpack here, almost like as good as Zootopia, I think. Yeah. If not as explicitly stated. Yeah, it's really well done and it's sort of um, – in, and in a very old story. It's too long though. Yeah. It's I, about 10 minutes too long, I'd say. Yeah, it was a bit, did feel a bit long. I, I think I would cut from the beginning as well. Yeah, I think uh, you you kind of they they need that lightness that doesn't come along till Baloo sh- shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having Baloo is is such a boost to the movie um, that they they really need need that mm. kind of to come in a little bit earlier. Yeah, and to cut the earlier bit shorter um, because there's not anything that's quite as effective in those early bits. Mm-hmm. Um, also, every time I know it's not fair. <laughs> But I've watched Star Wars so many times, and every time that that the mother talked, all I could hear was Mars Kanata. See, That's I couldn't hear that. I was like, that was that was as far from where's my boyfriend? No, as I, I know. could hear. She does, she does very different voices, but every like the, all these like little things, and I was like, oh, there she is, there's Mars. Mm-hmm. But it's because I've watched it too many times. It'll go away, probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we are done. So if you want to give yeah, your rating, I'm I'm trying to think. Um. Three and a half, I think. I'm going to give it four stars. I also thought it was really pretty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and very well done. Like quite, um, quite seamless, particularly with some of the. There's bit. There's a bit where Blue and Mowgli were walking together, where I was like, oh yeah, they're not. It's not quite lined up, but it's very, like, very impressive. Really. Com- considering that almost, uh, I mean, that every shot in this is CGI, but also almost every shot shot is CGI between a human and. And, Some you, and this thing. is a 10 or 11-year-old boy. Yeah. It's really impressive. Um, there's a couple of bits where I was like the, the movement is slightly too fast mm. and and uh, there are little bits like that. But overall, uh, they did a really good job. Really impressive, yeah. And you can totally believe that these animals talk. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem unbelievable. It's, it's like full-on cartoon believable, you know, where mm. they're just, just normal talking animals. Mm, they look good. Um, look really good. So, and I thought maybe – I do think Baloo was the best animated one as well. I think Baloo they probably put the uh, most time into him. Well, it's not just that. I think he there are. Th- I mean, all of them do things that kind of are very, very typical of the 
animal that they are, mm. um, like the cat movements and stuff like that. But I do think Baloo was the best animated because Baloo feels really alive mm-hmm. in a way that some of the others don't feel as alive. Baloo feels like a real kind of – he's really playing with Mowgli and he's really kind of mm. there. Um, and I think he was the most effective in that on that front mm-hmm. of melding that kind of cartoonish nature with – the realistic nature of the film, I think mm-hmm. Baloo is the best example of that. But I also thought Car was done really well. Yeah. Um. The the movement of her was really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I hate snakes and yeah, it was horrifying. But yes, they don't bother me. But yeah, I yeah. was cool with it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I kind of like them. I'm Australian, so I have a healthy um, fear of snakes. I know you are too. What but am I like, French? Yeah, I know, but I. You Am know, I Japanese I've now? Grown, yeah, but I've sort of grown up in you know parts of Australia where snakes are common, and I've just well, sort I was of developed to a, fear them when we were in Calcai and stuff. Yeah, I've sort not, of developed a healthy um, dislike of them. Fair enough. Oh, actually, that reminds me: the honey bit where he gets bit by bees, stung by bees. That was so um, upsetting. So to honey me. is a, a natural um, anti-inflammatory, so. You can actually put honey on like bites and cuts and things, and it they will... went down in two seconds. I know, I know they did, but it actually, <laughs> but like in real life, honey is actually has been used for centuries to deal with. Yes, bites I know, but they're stuff. not going to make them disappear by that night. No, that was a problem for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was awful for me because I just don't. I I found that very uncomfortable to watch because again, I I don't like bugs. You couldn't even see the bees, but it was just the fact that he was getting stung by them, and I don't yeah. like that. And that was, well, that was an interesting like species difference between the human and the monkeys. The monkeys got stung once, and like, no, screw this, bye. And the <laughs> human is like, oh well, I'll just keep going. Well, that is the point of bees, I suppose. Yeah, to sting them once and then make them go away. Mm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that also you're like, what is this doing to the ecosystem of the bees? Uh, yeah. I know. The bees like, don't get respected. Other animals do. Bees, yeah, like this is their home and you're just destroying their home so you can eat honey because you're a honey addict. Actually, that reminds me of a bit that I didn't like where they did the cuckoo metaphor and then they actually showed one. Mm. That I didn't like. That was annoying to me. I know it's a kid's movie, but the kids may not have even picked up that that was a cuckoo anyway. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Because like, there's a cuckoo bird. and then there's a hummingbird feeding it. Oh, is that? I didn't know that was a cuckoo. And it makes the cuckoo sound. I don't remember that. Um, it, it's immediately after the story that I know, I know the scene you're tells. talking about. I just yeah. didn't know that was a cuckoo. Oh, I only know cuckoos when they're in clocks. <laughs> I think I even leant over to you and I was like, oh, look, it's a cuckoo. Oh, okay. Um, I but I don't think you one. listen to me all the time because I, like, I talk too well, much. Well, no, sometimes I miss them. Sometimes there's other things going on. Um, yeah, no, that, that, that scene kind of did annoy me a little bit because – uh, I don't even know if the kids are going to pick up on it. Well, if I and didn't, I don't know the children exactly. are. Exactly. And then when you do pick up on it, it's too on the nose <sighs> to have it immediately after that scene in a scene where it doesn't apply. If it had happened a little bit later, there were a few bits actually where they kind of brought back motifs a little bit later to remind you of them just visually before it would come into play properly, mm-hmm. that I think that might have worked better. Like if it, had, if you had seen a cuckoo just before um, Mowgli goes into the village to get the fire, that might have worked better for me um, because it might have been like a little visual clue for the people who are picking up on it. Yep. But I don't like that, that it is – and I, I didn't mind Shere Khan telling the story either, although it did make me have Spectre flashbacks, which is not fun for anybody. Um, Spe- oh, yes. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's why you leaned over to me and said something about James Bond. Yes. Okay, now it all makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, um, that bit, uh, I, I just, 
It's it's a very minor complaint, but I was just like, that's too on the nose, guys. Come on. Uh, that's just enough. a little bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, most, most of this movie I really enjoyed. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, on Twitter at screen underscore queens, and on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.